For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages to the winners coming Game of Thrones podcast. Tonight we're going to be talking about Game of Thrones, the series finale. Last week was a year, the year anniversary, right, Dan? Since, uh, since yeah. the end of it? Yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah, so like, uh, we didn't get a chance to record last week, so we're going to talk about it this week. We've got a lot of good things to mention. Uh, with me tonight is Dan Selke, editor-in-chief of Winners Coming, and Corey Thone. As always, Corey Smith will barge in later, and uh, I'm sure throw down some hot takes. That'll be fun. But so for now, let's get started. And Corey Thone, I always, even though it may not seem like it, I always enjoy your hot takes about season eight. And it's no secret that you weren't a fan. In fact. Am I correct in saying you weren't a fan going back to season seven? Uh, <clears throat> season seven got a lot of slack because we all said, you know, if they land season eight, then it'll be fine. You know, we said we said a lot of that. I mean, going back to season five, really, because I know after season five, we all were like, wow, this season was uh, all over the place. What the hell was that all about? And then We took a dump on season five is what we did. Yeah, and then season six, you know, I, I'm not one of those people that pretends that season six wasn't good for the most part. Uh, it was. It was fine. Uh, it had some great episodes and some really great moments. A lot of that buildup came from, you know, previous seasons, but still, whatever. Like, it was, it was still good. But yeah, season seven wa- wasn't very good. We talked a lot about how some dumb some of the stuff was while it was happening, but we always caveated that with, oh, whatever, they got to get the pieces all in the Westeros, and then we can get the last season, you know. And then, you know, the last season just... Yeah. I don't I don't really... I don't Kinda like... petered out? Petered out a little bit? Peter's not... Peter's not you don't peter out of <laughs> that budget. That budget, you know, for those limited number of episodes, uh, you know, that's not a petering out. That's a fucking bonfire. So, would that be would that be a King's Landing bonfire or like 
<laughs> or like a Shireen, a Shireen being. It was the it was the time. biggest it was the biggest fire that nerds had ever seen. And <laughs> it, I honestly, I mean honestly, and I know that I know that you know. Again, I don't want to. I've moved on into it. I mean, I honestly, I like many other people. I mean, fuck guys, you guys write for winners. You, you guys are the the winner is coming team. So like, Game of Thrones was a big part in all of our lives, and. I luckily have you want to look at it. Don't have to keep didn't have to keep writing about it and covering it because I would have never been able to get over it. <laughs> if, I, if I had to keep talking about it every week, I know that sounds oh, bad. God. No, it's right. You're absolutely right. 100%. But, but as I've softened a little bit on the season to the, to the extent that I give, I don't know. I there, the performances within them were actually pretty good considering what they were given to read. So I I just feel I feel bad honestly for all of us the fans and the actors the people that spent what how many sixty nights straight working you know to watch an episode that was filmed in front of a fucking black canvas like <laughs> I, I feel bad all the for a lot of stuff. yeah all the lights are I don't, I don't know I, and again I don't want to ramble I'm kind of rambling so I'll just I'll just say that I have not. I have not turned a corner on finding the positives yet. Let's say that. Dan, when you and I and Mia were talking about this on Take the Black Alive last week, I surprisingly found out that I am all up in my feels about it. I'm still not over it. I'm not ready to address everything about the seasons. Um, and that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it this week. Like, how how we kind of talked about it a little bit last week, but are you have you? We talked about not watching the season yet. I haven't watched rewatched the season yet. Have you? I haven't. No, I probably will soon. Um, yeah, you, 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 you did seem pretty angry and uh, had a lot of had a lot of emotion when we talked about that last time, just <laughs> for the anniversary. Um, yeah, I, 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 I kind of realized too that I maybe because I'm still engaging with it occasionally wasn't quite over it because you know just because we were in it for so long, you know. We were, like, in the thick of it for a while. It takes a while to emotionally grapple. I like talking about that. I felt like I was uh, I was turning a corner a bit. I mean, look, we're never going to say the final season was great because it just – it really wasn't. I, I, I don't think it's about um, realizing season eight was wonderful so much as it is putting um, some of the stinging feelings aside and moving past them. Which I think I'm finally doing now, a year later. So great. <laughs> You're finally untangling a year later. There weren't good things about it. Just um, it was so like uh, bundled up with expectation and emotional investment that it did take a while for me to kind of uh, work up the nerve to really revisit it. And I feel like I am. I feel like I'm looking it in the eye. I feel like I'm healing. I feel like I'm growing. And I feel like um, I'll soon be ready to kind of maybe even watch the season or the show again. Maybe just one more way through. And then kind of finally open my heart to something else. Listen to you being all professionally adult about it. I could never... I don't think I... I honestly think I'm emotionally stunted when it comes to this. Because there are times where I go... Fuck you guys. This season eight was good. You used to refuse to look at the positives. And then other times where I'm like, 
fuck D&D. They ruined the greatest show on earth. And Corey Smith, uh, you just joined us, and thanks for having having the time to to in your busy day to to uh, be on this podcast. We really appreciate your professionalism and uh, being on time all the time. Anyway, uh, before we get into your feelings about this show and maybe even the final couple of seasons. I know that there's something more important that you kind of wanted to mention before we started, and I think it has to do with KFC. Am I wrong or am I right? Wait, no, fuck this. We're not going to pivot. Succession? We are pivoting. God We're damn not going to because... pivot into KFC or Succession. We're still talking about Game of Thrones. This is winter yeah. is coming. We're going to lead this... off with Game of Thrones. <laughs> this is Take the Black, and we are going classic Take the Black. We are talking Cheeto chicken sandwiches, or we're not talking at all. Well, it just seems like a normal chicken sandwich. There's not a whole lot to yeah. talk about. Okay, fine. It. If we're doing this, fine. Listen, the chicken wars are fucking <laughs> over, KFC. You weren't yeah, even a it's player. It's too late. It's you too were, late. Who was, you, were the, you were the fucking Manderleys. Like, no one knows anything about you. You were just fat and loud and bearded for one scene, and then you're gone. Like, no one cares. The chicken wars, the, the battle of the Clucksters is over. It happened. Uh, Popeyes won. Chick Fil A, I mean, they didn't lose. They're still crushing it. But like Chick Fil A is, I guess, second. And then every other sandwich chain that tried it out. I mean, Wendy's is a solid third in my mind. And I'll give uh, you that. yeah, I mean, I, but I mean, I haven't had a chicken sandwich from other places like Zaxby's. I like Zaxby's, but their sandwiches are whack. But um, actually, you know what? Scratch that. I would say Wendy's is four. Slim Chickens. Cayenne Ranch chicken sandwich is second behind Popeye or behind Popeyes, and then anyway. So regardless, the chicken wars are over. KFC, you coming out with a a standard sandwich, and yeah, I know that they're like, oh, we made the pickles bigger, we made the breading thicker, and it's on a brioche bun. I, fuck off! Like it's over. It still comes with your shit ass JoJo potatoes and Pepsi. So get out of my life. <laughs> Fucking Pepsi. That's exactly right. And you know, I'll even go on top of that. The Slim Chickens, they have the edge because they're goddamn macaroni, and you can't mention Slim Chickens chicken without mentioning their macaroni and cheese. So there, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put it right And there. it may not be the best chicken and waffles, but you find another drive through place for chicken and waffles. Amen. Amen to that. All right, now that we, ha- we got that out of our system, I feel better, honestly. I feel great. Honestly, I think I- Smith accidentally dropped out, so he missed all that, and that's fine because he probably would have been like, you're forgetting about Whataburger. Like, <laughs> no, dude. I'm not a Whataburger fan. Sorry. No, no, no he, he, Corey Smith would have been, well, there's a place here in Austin where I live. If I told you guys I live in Austin. Yeah. It's this one, it's a local place. They have one spot, and they only make chicken, and they have a small. It's like, yeah, I bet it's pretty good. It's like if you know, there's lots of places around the country that do one thing. Oh God! Just because we it's are their bridge that bat shit on doesn't mean I'm supposed to care about it, Smith. Yes, we can. I'm not a Smith. I'm not a water I'm not a Waterburger fan. It's I, they do good breakfast and that's it. Well, otherwise, yeah. no thanks. They do good breakfast. So, anyways, no KFC is way late to the party, and they yeah they can. Yeah, just it's actually. Them. Is KFC and McDonald's both are about to roll out their these new sandwiches? And to be honest, if you're not following, there's some really great Instagram uh, accounts you can follow for upcoming like snack junk food and shit like that. And uh, it's all pretty interesting because you get to see the stuff that gets released like limited spots. Like oh, only Jupiter, Florida gets to try the cran- <laughs> cranberry garlic sprite. You know whatever the fuck they're <laughs> and. Uh, 
So yeah, it's McDonald's also has a thing. And then fat asses like us drive to Jupiter, Florida <laughs> to try it out. Like in the I just I spent I spent one summer following the McRib around the Pacific Northwest for <laughs> like a Grateful Dead thing. <laughs> but yeah, it's so but McDonald's and McDonald's, you know, whatever. Like I your chicken's also like if the nugget or nothing to me. I don't care about your chicken. And then I, I remember when you tried to push those strips and charge an extra three dollars for what was just basically someone took a took two chicken nuggets and sat on them and uh, made them longer. I'm not falling for that shit. You know who I respect in all this? Honestly, I, who I respect in this and all this is Burger King. And I hate Burger King. I think it might be the worst food chain in the country. It's up there with Sabaro to me. Like, I fucking hate it. But all they did, they were like, we can't win this war. So we're going to take a really crampy spicy chicken patty and charge a buck for it. And I'm like, you know what? I respect the knowledge of yourself, Burger King. Speak Burger, King to- Burger King was like this. They were like, hey, listen, we know that we're not in this war. We're going to back out and we're going to color the, the Whopper green. Enjoy your green shit. <laughs> and happy Halloween, fuckers. Happy Halloween, fucker. Oh my god. Dan, this is what you missed during the season by not recording with us, by the way. I know you you had to have missed this. Oh crap. I, 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 I listened to all of it. I know you guys talk about. I didn't know there was a chicken war. Why would you go to a McDonald's and not order like a Big Mac? This is beyond the Thank you. I That's agree. the only thing I don't order at McDonald's. Nah, I love a Big Mac. Point point of order. I mean I, I of course I'll order a Big Mac. Big Macs. Anyway, double hey, quarter pounder. How fun! Uh, listen, listen, Smith. Let's let's get into Game of Thrones. <laughs> Although I got to give it to Thone, the Manderly comparison was fucking fantastic, man. <laughs> Outstanding, my friend. Outstanding. Um, so Corey Smith, what when when somebody says Game of Thrones to you, and I know you said you, I think you put a tweet out a couple weeks ago where you said, I don't suggest anybody watches Game of Thrones. If my friend's asking what to watch, I'm never telling them Game of Thrones. I'm, I no, this... no, that wasn't me. I, I'm pretty I, sure it was you. If it was, I was very drunk. I wouldn't say never watch it, but season eight is obviously a letdown. So, I mean, I still, it's still one of my more favorite shows, but it season eight really took a lot of you know, a lot of wind out of the sails, so to speak. So, I mean, I, I think I echo you guys' thoughts. It's just, you know, it was, there, there were some great moments, great performances, but the road to get there was so shoddy that it kind of, you know, over overshot everything else. And so you couldn't really pay attention to some of the great performances. It's not like Peter Dinklage forgot how to act, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so... It, it just, you know, but the rest of the shit was just so terrible that you're just, it was hard to focus on that because you're so busy, you know, picking everything else apart. And it really, I just, I still go back to, I just don't understand why they decided to do six episodes. I just, I, I'll never understand that. It when, does come down to a shortened season, doesn't it? Sometimes. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I think that because, I mean, all of our arguments, a lot of it, they all boil down to it, it, it all felt rushed and a lot of this didn't make sense. And I feel like if we'd just gotten a few more episodes, it, it would have been everything had more time to breathe where there was Daenerys's turn, 
Jamie and Brienne's one night stand romance, whatever the fuck that was. Hooray romance. Yeah, like all that would have <laughs> if we'd had another, you know, like how much better would like just take Jamie and Brienne's thing, which isn't you know in the grand scheme of things, you know, a big consequence, but you know how how much better would that have felt if it had lasted two to three episodes? You know what I mean? And, okay, sure. Can I can I ask and, and can I'm I ask just, a question to the group because I. I had this conversation with some other friends on Zoom not that long ago who knew they were all Game of Thronesers as well. Um, how much did catering to fan is Game of Thrones a case study in why you don't cater strictly to fan service? Oh, I think no. Oh. I, I think if they I, catered to fan service, they would have got John Daenerys hooked up in King and Queen. Okay, but I'd yeah. say I do, I mean, look, I don't want to, like, pick at a wound, which I feel like it's already kind of a, a lost cause. I, 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 I know, yeah. I, I brought my Neosporin. We're fine. Um, I had all these high-minded so, plans, and I, they all went out the window with the chicken. Oh, yeah, back, I can so. go to that. I mean, I agree with everybody else, you know, not really paced properly more episodes. I do still, I did at the time, I do maybe even more now, respect the idea of not going for the fan service and having the person you've come to love be a genocidal monster. I don't think there's a lot of fan service. Like what is supposed to be fan service about anything that well, happened? I think that's to me, that is what happened is, is they were told by Martin, this is how the book's going to end at the very end. You know, we're going to have this build where Danny goes crazy and, you know, the dragons get picked off one by one and all these other things, right? And then within those high points they were given is where the fan service came in. Like, they worked so hard, for example, to work Braun into this last season when he was useless. <laughs> or like like Smith said, Jamie and Brienne hooking up is actually, could you know, they they did that to themselves where they they had they, they had to have Jamie and Brienne hook up or people would be furious and and instead of not having that happen and just having Jamie get really close to hooking up with Brienne and then oh I can't do it and going back to to you know Cersei or whatever would have made more sense for his character than banging Brienne and then not staying like that there was so or the I mean shit the uh, the Hound versus the Mountain like again no yeah, sense they, they, they wanted that they those are all things that fans wanted these moments right and they worked really hard. Well, I wouldn't say really hard. They worked <laughs> to fit them into their story that was also hitting Martin's high points of where characters were going to end up. And I think that they did themselves a disservice in the end. Like, we'd be looking back and and saying, you know, it kind of makes sense that Jamie and, and... I mean, there'd be people who are mad about it. You certainly had Jamie and Brienne Shippers that would have been mad no matter what. But, like, it makes sense that Jamie and Brienne didn't actually hook up because he never actually could get over Cersei. And instead, he, you know, banged her, and then the next day is like, oh, I'm going to load this horse up. Uh, and it's like, man, but what was the point of banging her then? Like, there, there were just, there were lots of moments like that that I feel that they included in there for the fans that actually ended up, once you stack them one by one by one, is what caused the tower to, to, to tip even harder, if, you, I mean, if that makes sense. Okay, but it's hard to know, like, what was included for fans, though. I mean, for all we know, Martin told him Jamie and Brienne has sex and then he leaves her. I mean, I, I agree with you, Corey Smith, though, that even like 
even like another episode, like if he had, if they slept together and then like he left the next episode, it would have kind of given it more room to breathe. Right. That's what I'm I saying. Mean, it it, it all day, was so, it was all contained in one like five minutes and it's yeah. just. I mean, you know. they worked so hard giving her the respect she deserved in Night of the Seven Kingdoms to take it away for her to for them to have sex and to be left there at Winterfell while he goes. And then to she it. gets the top job. It's not like it's her story's over there. But I mean, at the end of the day, even if I, I, I do think they kind of started with a conclusion rather than, you know, a path forward. Like they started to we need to get to Danny burning the city or get to Kaglain Bowl, and we'll kind of figure out how we get there on the way and not really put a lot of effort into it. Um, but I, I, I just think it's really, really hard to call it a fan service season when the climax is the hero commits genocide. Especially when season seven had Ed Sheeran in it, right? Yeah. And then, and then, you, had, and then you had Arya kills all of House Frey in one fell swoop, which I loved. Fuck, I love that. Who didn't love that? But, and, you know, there were a lot of things they did. And I know that people say they had a lot of problems in Season 7. I enjoyed Season 7, frankly. I enjoyed it. I can see why people didn't like Season 8. I get that. I didn't enjoy The Long Night, like Phone said, being filmed behind a black screen. Like, I did not like that at all. I liked Arya killing the Night King. I liked the whole subvert expectations thing. I get that. Fine. It was fine. I was enjoying that. But what I hated... I fucking hated the fact that Rhaegal had to die. Why the f- and how the fuck did he die? Okay, I wasn't gonna go here, guys. But God Can damn I just, it, let me just say before we pivot too far away from my statement, you, you guys are right. <laughs> I was wrong. I phrased that incorrectly. My my statement should have been more about like finding ways to fit in fan service. I think like like the Clegane Bowl and stuff. If you go back and watch season seven and eight, like there are so many. Moments that logically maybe don't make sense, but they're moments that we've been waiting to see, kind of, that I think sure, add, sure. add up to create a, a foundation of sand for the towers that are the the non-fan service. Like, you know what I mean? Like the Danny and John not killing the Night King and everything. I think, I think there's just so many things about those last two seasons that just stack up to so many different disappointments. At the same time, like, had they though. pulled off Danny burning the place? Oh, man. At- and like, and like, made made me made me believe it. I would have forgiven everything. I, Absolutely, I, I really do think that. Stick no, that no, it, in this whole season. Do, yeah, no, it's just like it. It's funny you bring up stick the landing. It's just like the Olympics, right? In the fucking Olympics. <laughs> oh, God, here comes the text the talking about Carrie Strug. If you mention <laughs> Carrie Strug, we're blocking you. No, but uh, my. <laughs> I didn't even. I couldn't. I couldn't have remembered her name until you said that. Um, but yeah, the I mean, name dropper about... couldn't remember a name. You get out of here. Sorry, my bad. Um, but yeah, it wasn't what happened. It was how it happened, and that's what we're all upset about. Like I love personally would have loved the show because the show started off by subverting expectations, right? So I have no problem with them continuing to do that throughout the whole series up into the point of Danny turning into a genocidal maniac but it's how they did it that was was the issue and 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 I think that's what we're most pissed off about is how it happened and that it wasn't allowed to breathe 
and that we it all felt rushed for no reason whatsoever. That's the point I keep coming back to is why did it have to be rushed? And that was some of your stronger points during the season when we were recording every week. I remember you saying that, and those were that's a valid point. My question to the group is this. Since we're kind of on this topic a little bit, and and I'll chill off the the Rhaegal and the ghost stuff. I won't mention that stuff, but I'll go to. Let me ask this question. Um, you got Jon Snow coming back to life in season six. You had him killing Ramsay, and you know, or he didn't kill Ramsay, but he brought him low so Sansa could finish him off. You had a lot of moments leading up to season eight, but we didn't really get like we had Clegane Bowl, but there really wasn't the excitement. There wasn't big moments with big payoffs that we were looking for. John, you know, there was a whole fan base that everybody thought John was going to kill the Night King. They didn't even cross swords, right? Like they didn't even get a chance to fight each other. And they built that whole John Snow. He's the chosen one. He's got the Valyrian still long, long blade sword, and he's he's already killed a couple of White Walkers. So he's the perfect man to kill the Night King, and that didn't happen. So. That was the subversion of the expectations. We didn't have the big payoff. I enjoyed the Arya kill personally, but there were a lot of other things that happened. Like John basically didn't have anything really. He, he got to ride a dragon around for a couple episodes. Yippee Kaye. That's fun. In the in the sack of, no, of it, King's, in the sack the sack of King's Landing, what did he do? He walked around and killed killed some 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 people and then and then left. Right. And so there really wasn't a lot of big payoffs. So my question to you guys is, we have all the payoffs leading up to Season 8. Do you think the fact that we didn't have the big Season 8 payoffs is another reason that season the season kind of fell flat for a lot of people? Yes, and the poster child for the non-payoffs is fucking Cersei. Because oh. that, she was a fantastic fucking character, played by an incredible actress who did absolutely jack shit in season eight and they wasted that character and it was and it was a it and waste is the the best word i can think to describe it they just fucking wasted all that time building that incredible character up that just never quit and always sought power regardless of what it cost her and then just sat on a balcony and that's fucking bullshit why again why why what was the what was the the point of building that character up to that point, if you're just going to have her do shit, I, 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 arguably the, the main villain of game of Thrones, right? Arguably. Yeah. And an, and, and a villain also that to a certain extent, you always sympathize with because she initially, she was just passed around as a, as a means to power, you know, and she kept getting put down and put down. And yes, she did. And she did terrible things, but on some level, I think, you could sympathize with her because she was tired of being told because she was a woman, she couldn't hold power and that she was just a means to an end for, for men to hold power. And so to see her just sidelined for again, no fucking reason just was infuriating because especially with again, Lena, Lena Headey playing that character. I mean, she's incredible. She's super talented and you didn't, you did not use utilize well, her talents at all. It's a good thing she brought the Golden Company over, right? Am I right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, you talk about un, you know, unrealized. I mean, Cersei is is the poster child for that because she did nothing. They were taking out 
in the very beginning of the worst slaughter in the show has ever seen. Like Harry Strickland, remember? Okay, Dan, I'm gonna ask you this, Dan. Remember all the theory posts you had about Harry Strickland? Like, is it gonna follow the books? Are there gonna be elephants? Are we gonna be really fucking excited about this? And then for them to be like blown away, like just destroyed at the beginning of that battle was comical to an extent. Um, <laughs> that's just another another like way to say fuck you. We're not giving you what you want this season. Honestly, I don't remember a lot of posts about that. I mean. You've got oh, to, like, or at least, I don't, I mean, you have to look at, like, if, if, if you're talking about that, you look at what you expect from what they've given. I mean, I actually, I, I really like it in the moment where they get decimated. It was pretty funny. I mean, we had no investment, so I, and Harry Strickland. Yeah, the there was no company, investment. So I'm not really sure company. why people would expect to uh, get something. I guess maybe I'm talking from a book perspective, because we really kind of. We've really kind of sunk. We're invested him in the book. Maybe I'm talking from a book perspective. Maybe, maybe that's where my problem is. I feel like we're doing a lot of wound picking. I hope the Neosporin is uh, keeping up. Oh, one. this I'm is out. a podcast. I'm out of the Neosporin. It's gone. Damn. <laughs> no, and I, I agree with Dan. We're doing a lot of wound picking here, and it's. I don't think this is what people really want to hear. If they, if they either want to hear us. Rant and rave and be pissed the fuck off about it, or just re like talk about the impact. Like, if we honestly, the real question is at this point, a year out, what is the legacy of Game of Thrones? You know, like how how is how did the final season or two seasons, but let's just say final season, really impact that? Because I honestly, I don't for a show that literally was its own cottage industry. And was maybe the last water cooler show in existence with streaming and everything. I I feel like it's it's if you know remember when Avatar was really big, and then like a year later everybody was like, what what was that called? Oh, Avatar. Like obviously Game of Thrones not <laughs> that bad. People remember it still. Like obviously it was a super important show. Sure. But I feel like it's I feel like it's lost some of that staying power that we all just assumed it was going to have in the zeitgeist of prestige tv yeah i do too i think it's really really interesting i mean like i remember before the final season folk were saying like is it like a new star wars type um you know franchise and i mean uh, star wars is, is, is so singular and interesting and different but um i do <laughs> well, we feel had, like we had five it has kind of uh yeah, it, 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 it like no one really talks about it in that scale anymore. Partially because I, I don't think a lot of folk like are eager to see what happens next, you know, but like the way they might have been after Return of the Jedi or whatever. Um, we have the 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 spinoff coming, which will be a proving ground for it. Uh, we can't know until it happens, but yeah, I would say there's been a deflating of the balloon, which of course there's always yeah. going to be, but um, like for example, like. Avatar The Last Airbender is a show that ran like a decade ago on Nickelodeon, and it just got back on Netflix, and folk are like going back to rewatch it, all this stuff. They're like, it's all around the Twitter sphere, the internet, talking about how great it was. Yeah, trendy um, top. I mean, maybe in a decade it'll come back around like that for Game of Thrones, but right now it's hard to see that way forward. Oh, I have, I have a great point to that. Bone, we talked about, when we talked about Star Wars, you and I had a podcast where we talked about the prequels, how everybody is like prequel apologists now. Yeah, uh, it pisses me off. Do you think season A will ever get to that status? <laughs> Fuck it, might. It's the it, it's. There's probably some meme worthy. That's what happened. It's okay. 
I don't want I don't want to talk about politics, so I won't talk about another subreddit that I think this happened in. But <laughs> prequel memes is a great example of and I forget the name of if I Googled it, if I, if I took some time, I could find it. But the idea that it was started by people as a joke is like, ha ha prequel. The prequels are so shit. Look at the dumb memes we can make out of just screen caps from it. And, and it was then a it, bunch of high ground memes. It was a bunch of high ground memes and everything else that morphed into a bunch of people, a bunch of people going back. And then they became they started to appreciate the movies for the memes. Then then. The people that started it know the prequels are bad, but the people now in 2020 that are taking part in the, this meme stuff with the prequels, they don't think the movies are bad. It also has happened with Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies, Spider-Man movies. And now, now the first two are fine, but the third one is absolute trash. And But people, people defend it and make memes out of it. It's weird to see it happen. It could happen with Game of Thrones. The problem is... The problem is, is that Game of Thrones for six seasons was considered one of the best shows of all time and has a billion Emmys and, you know, was a cultural phenomenon, whereas the prequels were critically ripped from the jump and, you know, the Raimi Spider-Man movies all were fine. You know, I don't I don't know if Game of Thrones as a whole is bad enough to be redeemed by meme culture. Ooh, that's, that's really fascinating. I bet I, I've always said there will be like in five years, maybe like three or four, a bunch of think pieces looking back and reanalyzing the final season in kind of like a, I don't know, some for, how, for some reason I see a turnaround in the analysis of it, but it'll that'll be like on the like the high-minded blog of Solanosphere anyway, so I don't think it really... It'll, it'll be much. after the first season of House of Dragon comes out. After the, at the end ooh. of first season, people will start thinking about, ooh, remember when Game of Thrones did this? And they'll start comparing this and that, and that's when you'll have your revival. You have an article, How Cersei Lannister's Sideline Actually Made a Lot of Sense. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing, eventually. It, but you know, the crazy thing about the prequel is, even if half of the people that watched Game of Thrones watched the prequel... The the show's still gonna be successful as shit, right? I mean, they'll turn in for like the premiere. I mean, no, I know, but I'm saying if even if they even long term, even if they yeah. only retain half of the the audience that that the original show had, that's still successful as fuck because yeah. Game of Thrones, you know, numbers were you know insanely huge. So I mean, they'll be happy just to get half of the the fans. I mean, and I th- and I think they will as long as the show is you know, decent. It's this big question mark, right? I mean, we just don't know how it'll do. I mean, I think folk will turn for the premiere, definitely. But at the end of the day, if the show... It's got to no, be... No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I just meant right? as far as... I, I don't think people will let the original show, the taste that the original show left, prevent them from watching any kind of prequel as long as the prequel is, is good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the show has to be we good regardless, it. but... I'm just saying I think there's a large segment that are still going to tune in to watch the prequel regardless of how they felt about how season 8 and season 7 ended. It's going to be a fun litmus test come 2024. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that when it is that when it is? Oh no, no but they no haven't even I'm just guessing. Yeah, yeah oh. I mean they haven't even casted or okay. You know, yeah, yeah, not to shit. get too far in the weeds on this topic, but think about this. Think about 
the show's basically all dragons. House of the Dragon is about, you know, House Targaryen and its peak when there were tons of dragons and massive armies going across the land fighting each other in this huge civil war. Yeah, they're going to be they're filming gonna... that first season forever. There's going to be a, a lot of even... shots of people talking outdoors with a roar <laughs> in the background. <laughs> Uh, yeah, their their post production schedule is going to be a lot longer than than the original series was. So, so yeah, so we we could say that we'll have to find figure out in a, in a few years where Game of Thrones lands in the I don't know where people think about it then, and as far as uh, pop culture goes. But now I remember us talking last year. And all the um, recap podcasts we were doing. And we were like, I don't know that any show, even with this bad season, I don't know that there's going to be any show that can come out and do what Game of Thrones did. And we were talking about, what, The Witcher? And we were talking about The Last Kingdom's new season. We were talking about Vikings and about Lord of the Rings coming up from Amazon, Wheel of Time. And now that we've got some of these shows that have already hit some of these streaming services and some of these networks... Where where can you find right now, Dan? Can you look back at the shows that have come out since season one's finale, our season uh-huh. eight's finale? Can you point to any of those shows and go, well, "This show, this show prospered from Game of Thrones, or it was hurt by Game of Thrones"? I will say this: I think a lot of those shows did find audiences, even if they didn't like blow up. Like The Witcher, I didn't really love, but like that definitely found an audience. It found people who liked it. The closest one that I can think of, or like. Historic materials, I thought was like kind of whatever, but it did find an audience. The closest show that I think kind of did the best following up Game of Thrones was The Mandalorian. I thought that Mm. was, uh, I mean, it wasn't like Game of Thrones in a lot of ways, but that was kind of the way it was. Like, it felt new and different and interesting and kind of more old fashioned in a way, but also it was kind of production value, different setting. So I'd say that's the one that did the best to unite a lot of people and inspire some enthusiasm and they're trying to follow it up pretty quickly so i i i don't know if we're ever i kind of hate the phrase honest to god like it's the last water cooler show like you don't know that who the hell knows what's going to catch on no one's going to catch on but um we don't but and i think a lot of these shows so far have found niches for themselves which is a good sign but i also think we can it, it, it when we start talking about water cooler we have to eliminate any shows that dump the entire season and on the same day. So you've yep. got it. I mean, you ha- Stranger Things kind of comes close to people talking a lot about it when it premieres. Yeah, but not for the same length of time. And I think that's what part part of it is the buildup. And we've talked about this regarding other shows, but just I, I don't think any show will ever. Yeah, we might have another great water cooler show, but I think it's pretty safe to say that it has to be a weekly released show um even if it's like two episodes a week or something like that but like the entire season dropping one day and you watched it all i mean fucking razor watches a season in like half a day <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> this so is like, not a lie yeah so like you know like I've, i i follow your twitter feed when you're doing a rewatch of a series and you get through a series faster than i get through one season of a show and so i'm just it, which is fine but I'm saying, how are we supposed to relate on the different moments? You know what I mean? Hashtag no kid life. Right. Exactly. Because every, But when you have a weekly release schedule, that's what builds up the anticipation and, you know, can, you know, lead to that water cooler thing. And my second point would be, 
that I don't know what show in um, benefited the most from Game of Thrones going off the air, but I will say most of those shows that you that we just mentioned were only around because of Game of Thrones. So I think that's important. Completely, to, yeah. You know what I mean? To to note, like The Witcher doesn't get made unless Game of Thrones <laughs> is the huge, you know, worldwide hit. And maybe you know it I mean? <laughs> or <laughs> or some of these shows that get made on a much smaller budget and scale and all that stuff. So I just think, you know, we can't, I know we shit on season seven and, and eight, but we can't, you cannot understate the impact Game of Thrones had on television in general. And I mean, fucking mega corporations like Amazon saw Game of Thrones success and said, we want into the television business. You know what I mean? We want, we want yeah. to hire yeah, yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones writers to come do right. our Lord, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, right. We want to. We literally want to enter into this business because of how good this show is. We have no experience whatsoever. We fucking ship things to people and we overcharge them for <laughs> asparagus at our stores. And now they want to make Lord of the Rings shows. That is a hundred percent because of Game of Thrones. So I, 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 we cannot understate that, regardless of how shitty season eight was. You've got companies like that that, you know, or Disney Plus. Disney Plus is probably around because of Game of Thrones. It's so singular and different its own thing. I feel like Mandalorian probably would have happened regardless. It's the rest cultural of the impact, regardless of how well the final season worked, can't be understated. Um, Corey Phone, I'm thinking about a show that the last time I can... I mean, I've seen you say favorable things about other shows. I, I see you talk favorably about Rick and Morty. Um, I see you talk about other things. But, like, the last time I saw you or heard you really get into how excited you were about a show as it was happening each week was Watchmen. And I would be interested to find out how much money HBO has thrown at Lindelof just to beg him to come back and make a season two. I hope he doesn't, man. Stick it. Just you. What a fucking gangster, right? Yeah, you talk about some baller shit. Like to to just make that, to say what you wanted to say. You know, you left that ending a little vague, just you know, to for whatever reason. Honestly, at this point, it feels like maybe you shouldn't have done that. But you know, at the same time, it left it open for a future season at some point. I I hope he doesn't. Just leave it, man. Go go make something else, rad and awesome like that. Don't. We, you know, because the thing is, for all the the great shit about that show, you know, you could see the cracks. It, that was it was sweaty. You could see uh-huh. you could see the cracks starting to form as it came to the end. Yeah, and it's like it's like, oh wow, Doctor Manhattan looks badass, and then he stops glowing, and it's just a guy in a bald cap with blue paint. And I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is the guy from Arrested Development. What the fuck's going on? But uh, yeah, oh no, that I really I really liked the. Watchmen, I I really like that. I was really excited for the Clone Wars, obviously. Um, it's been, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't have as much time as I want to uh, to watch things. I've still not seen The Witcher. I never got around to, you know, what was the one? Golden Compass or whatever it was called. Um, his Dark Materials? Yeah. Dark yeah, Materials, dark, yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm way behind yeah. on so many things. I mean, You're shit. good on both of them. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd enjoy The Witcher more than Golden Compass at this point, but I feel like Probably, maybe, yeah. maybe Golden Compass might have a higher ceiling, if that makes sense. But oh, it's, that, that totally makes sense. But it's I, and maybe they'll maybe they'll find their footing. You know, I don't know. But 
Well, here you. Uh, the only thing I, I, I was also going to mention is, um, and I was talking to Dan about this earlier, is I spoke to the, you know, The Last Kingdom just had its fourth season, and the guy who ran the show for the first three seasons stepped away after season three, and it, you know, it kind of made me think about, like, what if, you know, Benioff and Weiss had stepped away, you know, let's say season five, something like that, and let somebody else kind of take the reins, you know, because I think sometimes they build the expectations build so high that they kind of get out of control. And I wonder like what you were talking about with Watchmen, it's like season one was great. Don't ruin it with a season two. You know what I mean? So I wonder sometimes about (laughs) Westworld seasons two and three. Um, But yeah, (laughs) I just, I just wonder about that sometimes. Like, you know, I understand it's your baby, you built it, but then sometimes also could it benefit from stepping away and letting somebody else kind of step in and, and take it across the finish line or something. Well, I'm sure that that Dan and David can talk more about this, but the other, the other thing about game of Thrones that made it unique was the cult of personality that formed around Benny Hoffenweiss and the way that people, the way that people hyped them up. Because, oh, they're the only ones that George R. R. Martin is told what happens to. And they, you know, they, they've they got this series in the palm of their hands. They're the only ones that can be trusted. And, of course, they lock down every script, you know, and all that shit, and, which still didn't matter. Leaks happened. But, like, the, the cult that formed around them that I think we all played a part of, for sure. Uh, but can we, also, can we also call bullshit on that? Because I'm betting there's a couple waiters at George R. R. Martin's favorite Mexican place in Albuquerque <laughs> that are tired of hearing that we're tired of hearing how the end of game of Thrones was going to happen. You know what I mean? Like hey, if you, if you, yeah, I'll tell you what happens to Ari if you give me a free flan. Right. Like, <laughs> or he's had too many, you know, Mexican martinis at the end of, you know, another Wednesday night, not like, like finishing the winter. Why did yeah, you just exactly. say margarita? Why did you go Mexican martini? I know, I was just gonna Very ask specific. I'm, I'm a Mexican martini guy. Okay, I'm sorry. But anyways, so I'm just saying that that whole part, like he's there were the only one bullshit. Like fucking there's probably there's probably 50, 60 people floating around Albuquerque. The got the fucking cashier at Walmart, <laughs> you know, knew what or the guy who changes his oil you know what i mean so like let's yeah. call bullshit on that but anyways that's a that's an aside for another his day Gardner, the, the guy the guy yeah like give me a fucking break <laughs> give me a fucking break the guy can the guy can spit out five thousand words about the new york jets fucking fifth round draft pick but you think he's not <laughs> spewing about what happens to fucking john give me a break you guys anyways. you guys cory smith has feelings about george r, r. martin <laughs> i'm just saying Let's call bullshit when we see. He bullshit. bought a railroad. He bought it. It's good for him. <laughs> I've been wanting to ask Smith about that. Someone put him on the fucking car with a typewriter and make him finish the fucking book. Anyways, <laughs> time to the railroad tracks. Yeah. Oh God, that's so funny. No, okay, so, oh man, I could sit here and talk about this all night, and I know that we're not going to do that. Um, oh. I. I, I, I well, That's I, weird. It's been an hour. I was going to say, <laughs> I could talk two or three more hours about this and my favorite chicken sandwiches, but I'm not going to do that. Um, I would like to, before we sign off, and God damn, I wish ISIS was here for this, because it reminded me 
of whenever Cersei died. And Smith, I thought about this whenever you were talking about Cersei being a wasted character at the end. I asked Isis a poignant question after that episode. I said, did you feel sorry for um, Cersei at the end? Because she was being held by Jamie. She was crying. She didn't want to die. <laughs> All her kids were dead. And, Cer- and, and Isis goes, fuck her. Fuck no, I wasn't sad for her. Bitch got what she deserved. <laughs> oh my god, I miss Isis. I wish she was here. Anyway, um, I would like to ask you guys, and I'll I'll wrap I'll I'll end with mine. But I'd like to ask each one of you if you could point out one character from season one to the very last episode that you feel like you didn't get a payoff for. You feel like you missed one character. You feel like you missed. A story in you didn't get you weren't satisfied with how it happened and it can be anything from brand all the way down to the one white with half a leg and, and no jaw i don't care pick one character that you could find and dan i'll start with you okay i object to this question why are we trying to be so sad and wounded and table gazing but okay gotcha who was your favorite storyline, Dan? How about I that? I was upset that we did not get more of Illyrio Mopatis, the grotesquely oh, fat cheesemonger who housed the Targaryens at the beginning. What cheese did George you like? R. R. Was he a Bree man? A Gruyere? I wanted to know that. I was sad we didn't get what it. the fuck is a Gruyere? It's a kind of cheese. This, was this Dan... Uh, I guess Razor, because you you would know is, what Dan just said. Is that like if you ask someone what was missing from Lord of the Rings, and they said Tom Bombadil, because that's what it kind of sounds like. <laughs> yes, it exactly is that. <laughs> Mopatis is the guy who holds it all together. All together. Uh, I'm still mad we didn't get Tom Bombadil, and I'm mad that we didn't get the Reckoning of the Shire. I'm sorry. And there's our, our Lord of the Rings. You brought it up, so congratulations for bringing up the Lord of the Rings. Nailed it. Nailed that. Okay, so Dan, right you, at the wire. Are you going with Ilario for that? Is that your final answer? Yes, I wanted more cheese. I like it. It's a Don't good we answer. all? Smith, what about you? I, I said it earlier. It's Cersei. Um, I mean, just they wasted that character. I thought it was a phenomenal character. I hated the fucking character. But what but could she was... have done different? Do you want her to march all the way down to Winterfell and kill all the Northmen right there after they fought the dead? What did you just, want more? Just give me more of her other than just standing on the fucking balcony and drinking. Like, it just... I just could not stand how they wasted that character. She was so proactive. You know, she had so many tricks up her sleeve. Season 7, she's thwarting, you know... Danny every step she takes and it's like in season eight she just fucking stood there and watched the golden company get fucking lit up like dry leaves and I just I couldn't I couldn't that that was such a great character and they just wasted her and it fucking sucks instead we got fucking Braun you know having his threesome and stuff and it's just like I mean no thanks Bone, come on, give me something good because I'm I'm kind of disappointed with these. I needed more brawn threesomes is what I wanted more of. <laughs> uh, my answer for what we actually needed is, I guess, how do I phrase this? Uh, Night King and Night King adjacent things like his connection to Bran, yes. his connection to John, 
his connection to the dragons, his connection to magic, just anything magic related. Maybe Maybe magic should be the answer. I don't know. It's like it's all the things about the show. You know, I've never read the books. Have all three of you guys read the books? Are you all three book guys? No. Yes. Yes. Is it all three? Yes. (laughs) Pretty sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It was four or five times. It was me and Isis that were the showmies. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Um, You are the people that don't know how to read. The unsullied, yeah. So we uh, illiterate, whatever. Yeah, well, okay, Texas. So we uh, <laughs> we we you know, one of the things that really pulled me into the show was the passion of the fans who had read the book. I wasn't going to read the books, but getting to see, getting to get caught up on the lore. I love lore and magic and all these things that made this universe. That's why people, damn, when you said. Could this be the next Star Wars? Is because shit, we haven't seen something new with this much lore built yeah. into it. You could expand on in a, I mean, in a real world. I mean, you've got cartoons that are like that, and that's fine. That's a great thing. But like a a real world adult fucking thing with this kind of lore that people were into uh, is is rare and hard to create. Right. And to have, I don't know if the rumors are true. I don't really want to put words in people's mouth, but the idea that Benioff and Weiss were like, we don't want to mess with magic because they didn't give a shit about that part of the world. And that took so much of the the luster away from this last season. Like, still don't know what Bran really was for. We still don't know the, the night. I mean, like, Bran ended up on the throne fine, but like, he could have also easily have been like, actually, technically speaking, he should, if, if a Stark was going to end up on the throne, it would have been Bran at the end, regardless of if he was the, the knight or the, whatever the fucking stupid Raven name man. he has. Raven what man. Fucking, Raven man. A, <laughs> Alabama yeah. man. Yeah. He was the elder Stark son. So like, wow, bold statement. But anyway, I, I just, the, I, the night key, the lack of payoff, and it's not saying it's not a knock on the Arya thing. The lack of payoff for Brand versus Night King, sub like parenthesis, John and dragons and Danny, close princess. I just felt, I felt like that is truly, that is what's people soured on this show on this season after that episode, and they it never recovered, and a lot of the stuff that people. I think Dan call it a snowball effect or something when we were recording live during the season. But like if the, the battle for Winterfell and all that had had, had played out better, had been longer, whatever, like had been had more build up, right. It, then, then the things that happened in the next episode wouldn't have had such a harsh blowback and the things and so on and so on. Like, I just feel like that was the point of the season where they, missed the missed it so hard because at the end of the day the, the for for eight seasons the night king like looming was gone we knew nothing about him we knew that he was intelligent we knew that he i mean he's like i don't you know what i'm saying i'm just gonna start rambling about no, it but but. you're right but remember the build-up to him remember when we saw the flashback when bram was learning how to be the three-eyed raven and we saw the night king get made and we were like, "Holy yeah. fuck, this is awesome!" Yeah. And before before that, when we saw the he has a castle. Different... Yeah, he's got a fucking ice castle. He looks like Darth Maul. He's out there tearing babies into fucking White Walkers. This guy's badass. Tell me more about him. And I kind of feel like, maybe sort of, 
there was this whole thing like, hey, the next Game of Thrones show is going to be about White Walkers. So let's don't talk about White Walkers so much in the finale. I don't know. That's my theory. That's my own personal theory. I'm sure it's bullshit. But anyway, I would love to have learned more about the Night King. I think that's a great answer. I saw another thing. Somebody, like, during the season, the biggest thing of the finale was who has a better story than Brand the Broken? Um, Fucking everyone. Everyone? But Bran could have had a great story if you didn't use him as bait in the, in, the, in that that night episode, the long night episode. If he wasn't, Bran's like story you, was so exciting that they omitted him for an entire for a season. whole fucking season. He wasn't there. Anyways, go ahead. He sat there and he warged into ravens, and you're like, okay, so he's a scout. Okay, so oh, wait, wait, is he abandoning Theon here? What's is Theon gonna save him? Is he gonna is he gonna save Theon by warging into some kind of Raven monster and attack the Night King? No. He just wanted to fucking go watch whatever, you know, Winterfell porn while the Night King showed up at the fucking Godswood. That never, nothing really important or exciting happened. He became the king. Okay, fine. And he used his green sight to go follow Drogon around. And that was cool too. Whatever. I'm fine with that. Um, I think that I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, I'm going to sit at my favorite thing is, you know what? Fuck this show for not giving me more wolves. I don't. I don't care what. It, like I wanted oh Arya's God. wolf pack. Yes, I'm gonna say it because I don't <laughs> really mean this. I don't really mean this answer, but I'm gonna say it anyway because I bitched about it all through the final season. There wasn't enough wolf pack. We got the fan service shot of Ghost charging down right next to uh, what's his name, Mormont, right? And then that's yeah. the last we saw him until uh, he, he was all like he was missing an ear. And then John ruffled his, his fur in the finale, and that was it. Congratulations. And then where was Arya's wolves? We theorized. We wrote all these posts. Arya's wolves are going to come in here, and they're going to save the day. Oh, look. Let's go on Free Folk. Let's look. Somebody leaked that there's going to be a giant wolven army. Oh, look at the trailer. Look at all those little legs. Corey Smith, you and I talked about this for an entire goddamn day. Look at those. Those aren't horse legs. Those are little bitty wolf legs. That's, that's Arya's wolves. They're attacking the fucking Night King. None of that happened. None of that happened whatsoever. Thanks for playing. Listen, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, Let us know on Twitter how you feel about it. I'm sure there's going to be lots of fun conversations about this. Join us next week for Corey Thelman and I are going to be talking about Star Wars. We're going to talk about the Clone Wars. Yeah, we're going to get into that shit and chop it up. All right, so thanks for listening. A lot of love. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.